It's been an interesting evening. It's been an interesting. It's been an interesting show. In our, in our, so anyway, yeah. let's go. Um, Dragon so, Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z. Sometimes I know exactly what you're going to say. Every single month, your bank account is overdrawn. The world is a business. A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after a nerve has been killed. Walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. You mean like Democrats? Well, we both agree that must be the reason. Why not let the folks themselves ask for something that they like to hear? We are knee-deep in a pool of stagnation. No, 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 wait a minute, friends. You don't want to hear that, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, guys. Welcome to Objectively Incorrect. I'm here with Liz Cabas. She says she's an artist, but she wants to be introduced as a human. Hi. I think most people on this show... Except maybe for memes every now and then. It's pretty much 100% human. I'm a superhuman. Did you see that? That's the case. Superhuman, right? Yep. All right. So today we're going to be talking about art. We're going to be talking about expression, the fact that art outlasts technology. And, and people. And we're going to be... And people. But not me. I'm immortal. Because she has three paintings. Four. Of four, four self-portraits of herself. Three of them of her as a god of some sort. Ladies and gentlemen, Liska Bass. Welcome hey, what's up? All right, so Liska, the first thing we're going to do is we have to do our fact of fiction before mm-hmm. we even get into the discussion. Mm-hmm. The basic thing is I'm going to give you five statements. You're going to tell me if they're true or false. All right. These are all based on colors. Okay. Yeah, it's just random facts about colors. Uh-huh. You ready? Yes. You ready? Of course. Okay, let's do it. Let's do this. Okay, one. Red is the first color a baby sees. False. That's true. But it's actually the first <laughs> I don't remember that. Yes, it's the first color that a baby could actually recognize. Red. Yes, red. And I then they it was gradually because you don't see anything, the eyes always shut. Uh, yeah, boy. You're trying to be real technical about it. <laughs> All right, um, right, that's cool. As their color vision develops, the, the number of colors that they're able to see continues to grow until they see the full spectrum of colors by the age of about five months. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting. So number two, blue has been found to be the safest color. Driving a blue vehicle makes you less likely to be a part of an accident. True or false? Blue has been found to be the safest color. Driving a blue vehicle makes you less likely to be a part of an accident. True or false? Hmm. Interesting. Maybe. Maybe. I think so. Maybe true? Maybe. True? Based on color theory, I think it would be true. It's a common color. It's false. What? They actually found the shade of white. Is the safest color to drive? White. I would think red or yellow because you can see it for 20 meters. Ah, white is actually more reflective. Studies of vehicular accidents and car colors have found white to be the color of automobiles least likely to be involved in an accident resulting in death, according to Monash, blah, 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 blah. See, I'm university. not a car expert no, or I mean. baby expert. I, I thought this was interesting as hell. Yeah, it is, though. The least safe color. So I'm going to get a white car. Yes. Yeah. The least safe color is black. Well, I could have tell you that nobody could see it in the night. Exactly. Especially we're, if you're rolling down the streets, sipping on gin and juice with your lights off. Um, Snoop Dogg. I don't think that's very safe. But okay. Number three. In the Middle Ages, the color green came, came to represent betrayal and unreliability. In the Middle Ages, the color green came to represent betrayal and unreliability. False. True or false? It's actually true. No, you, I would say you false because in the Middle Ages, green was one of the most expensive colors that people wanted around. It, it was 
I think you were going down the right path. From what I have here, they say green was difficult. It was difficult to get because it was more expensive. It was more expensive. And it was poisonous because it used to kill people. I didn't go that far, but I'm happy that this guy's here. (laughs) Uh, The association may have grown out of the fact that dying in green tended to be difficult and unpredictable during this time with green dyes from plants creating a faint and unstable color that would fade over time. Yeah, because what they did, they started using radium or something to make it brighter. To make it brighter. Which started killing people. Yeah, because radium is highly poisonous. Yeah. All right, number four. Men are more attracted to women dressed in black. True or false? Men are more attracted let's, to women let's, dressed let's, in let's black. Let's go, true or let's false? go true, the little black dress. Ah, it's false. false. Is it red? It's red. I yes, knew. It's red. It's yes, red. I felt like it was red, but I was thinking about the, the little black dress. Ah, every woman needs a little black dress. They, they did a study and they found that um, when they compared red to every other color. Did you know men are mostly colorblind? Yes. But and it we shows? do see the primary colors. Maybe, but not the second, not the secondary oh, tertiary. and the tertiary. The, the fact that you can't differentiate between three different shades of purple. I cannot. Neither can I. Oh snap! <laughs> there we go. One hundred percent. All right, number five, the last one. Red and yellow are the most appetizing colors. Yes, us. that's true. true. Yes, McDonald's, um, McDonald's, yes, Wendy's, yes. Burger um, King, In and Out, Denny's, TGI Fridays. Oh, In and Out is actually really good. I've never been to In and Out. If you why ever, does that sound like a pun? I don't understand. No, it's a burger. Oh, and In and Out. In and Out Burger. Yeah. Okay. If you ever go to like Dallas, mm-hmm. go get yourself an In and Out Burger. Or even better, if you ever go to Texas, get What a Burger. What a Burger. What a Burger. They got this. This is a franchise chain, or is yeah, okay. What a Burger, okay. and it has like- it has. It's a triple decker hamburger with like three patties with cheese. It's like a heart attack in a bun. And it's the best thing ever. I found myself at two o'clock in the morning walking to Waterburger, which was like two miles away from where I live, just to get one. I think that's a sign of addiction. It's a sign of hunger. And an and addiction. Hunger. And that also sounds like a ton of load of calories. But when did you start painting? Or did you start- uh, Actually, my parents have artwork from since I was like three. Are you kidding? I used to sit around with my older cousins, Quinn and Yannick, uh-huh. and they used to be drawing. Quinn and Yannick is your cousins? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who probably are you related to, man? <laughs> Big family. I could have swear you come from some other place. Nah, man. Local. What are you saying? So, okay, but you're not, you're not like, you're not related to like, um, like Bijan, right? Bass? Yeah. Yeah. Father Jesus. That's my dad's side. I am I am completely surrounded. So you started okay, so so just to like backtrack just a little bit. So you started out when you were three. Yeah. And you were what, what were you painting? Like I mean um, what was the furthest memory of you painting? I was anything? just trying to copy what they were doing. So what were they doing? They were drawing like Batman symbols Anime, yeah. and, and stuff like that. So I was always trying to copy what they did. Mm-hmm. And then like I got into when I got into preschool, I was trying to copy what I was seeing in like the books. Mm-hmm. Then I got into started drawing cartoons, oh, like so you Flintstones, did your own. Oh, okay. Okay. and just copying what I was seeing and what I liked around me. Mm. And then we got when I was in primary school. That's when 
Remember Dragon Ball Z? Of course. Okay. Of course. So I was, well, still am, still am, still am. Huge Dragon Ball Z fan. So you so you keep up with you keep up with Dragon Ball Z to this point? Um, actually no, I don't watch much television anymore. I don't anymore. watch it. Yeah, I don't watch it. Mm-hmm. So, but at the time when it at was the time when the big man, man used to run man, home. Man, when you run, you're running home because you gotta catch that episode. Well, you Next see, time. I wasn't running home because my mom never got off work until five. So it was running from Mauritania down to National Bank to go up in the cafeteria. Oh, that's where you used to watch it. Yeah, in, in National Bank cafeteria with all the other bank kids. What are you saying? Yeah, so I had a little like National Bank DBZ club. Yeah, it was about 20 kids. Uh, 20 kids gathered over, around over a TV? Over the course of a week. Interchange. Interchange, uh-huh. Yeah. Different watching, days. Yeah, watching Dragon Ball Z. Man, it was... So I used to draw DBZ characters, and I used to get paid. I used to sell them to my classmates. What are you saying? You're hustling from when? Yeah, How old were you at this time? I was maybe in grade four, grade five. Grade four, grade five. That's what, like 10? 10? Nine? Yeah. What? And you're selling? Yeah. Your mother knew you were doing this? No. Okay, she probably didn't. You're hustling. And then, (laughs) um, Sailor Moon, I am, to this day, I'm a huge Sailor Moon fan. Mm. I I never got into Sailor Moon. I was too old for Sailor Moon, man. The same DBZ came out, I was probably 15. Yeah, Sailor Moon came out before DBZ. Yes, of course, of course, yes. Mm -hmm. And... I got introduced to the Japanese version before I got introduced to the English version. So, so, so how you used to watch this? Oh, I had all the cousins. So, you know, when they're you watching stuff. You had all stuff, the anime cousins? Cousins that are into anime, yeah. So, when they're watching whatever. You're watching it too. I'm watching it too. Because I didn't, I have, I have an older sibling, but mm-hmm. she doesn't live, she didn't li- grow up with me. Mm-hmm. And my brother's like five years younger. So, most of, my childhood, up well, up until five, uh-huh. was them. It was by myself and everybody else. All my cousins were like five years older than me, oh, so wow. I was always um, socialized with people older, older than, than myself. Than uh-huh. Never, ne- never my age group. There okay. was hardly anyone around in my age group. So, mm. so you, of course, you'll be introduced to all the things they introduced. They, they like, yeah. But like, um, DBZ came out like I. The only reason I know about DBZ is because of tsunami. I, I oh, didn't. This was before tsunami. Of course, like so you're talking about when was, I was eleven or so. I got introduced. I think it was like 1997, 96, yeah, ninety five. Yes. Okay, I think ninety five or ninety six was Sailor Moon, uh-huh. and then ninety seven maybe DBZ, and this was on which channel? It was channel twenty nine. Showtime. Didn't have that channel. I had one. <laughs> I think it's now Showtime. I think one I had, of those channels. Yeah, yeah, Showtime. It was one of those channels. I, I, I man, I had, I had two to thirteen. I, I was there when like um, channel two, I think, used to be Disney Channel at one point. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and you remember that? I mean, you're old. No, I'm no, gonna be thirty. What? Yeah, next year thirty. I met you when I was 19 years old, 19, 18, somewhere in mm-hmm. that general vicinity. At the time, yes, you would have been 15. Mm-hmm. You would have been 15. And you were hanging out with people who were much older than you. <laughs> yeah. Gath, God yep. darn, calling yep. your name. Um, but yeah, so you started I was drawing. hanging out with Gath, Dele, Paul. The whole Rat Pack. 
yeah. Them guys who used to make videos and so forth. Danny. Danny was there, yeah, yeah Danny. Yeah. Your range crew. So mm-hmm. you you say you started to draw DBC, you started, mm-hmm. but before that you were drawing Sailor Moon? No, I was drawing um Flintstones, Jetsons, Jetsons Scooby Doo, okay. um Toon Ca- what they call now, Toon Cast. Toon ca- Toon Cast? Yeah, that's what it's called now. That's what what's called the whole collection of them? Yeah. Is the the, the, the channel. channel is now called Tooncast? Tooncast, yeah, yeah. So Dexter's Lab. Mm-hmm. I was really, really into cartooning, mm-hmm. and I have a few characters that I came up with on your own. On my own, mm-hmm. I had a little bunny rabbit. Or was it? Was you just, remember the name of the bunny rabbit? It it was just called bunny it was rabbit. Just bunny rabbit, and it was in love with this ball, and he used to just. It had little hot eyes for the ball. It would hug the ball. And one day the ball popped. <laughs> you created... This was a strip It's like something? a comic strip, yeah. With a, a ball. I actually found it the other day. Somewhere. You you did this when, when... It was in primary school. You created a comic strip in primary school? Yeah. Anybody knew about it? Yeah. Then? Um. It was a... I know Gershon. You know Gershon? Gershon Knight, yeah. yeah Gershon, Gershon and I... Where we're like we were best friends from since primary school, uh-huh. and we used to sit at break and during during class, during class, drawing, and we draw comic strips. We make flip books. What? And this was when we were in primary school. And it's like nobody was really cultivating. You guys were just doing this sort of. Yeah, we well, luckily, play. our school was a private school, so we did have art classes. We did oh. have someone come in to teach you, teach you formally, teach you formal art, mm. and arts and crafts and even the teachers that were just there your class teacher was at one time there's arts and crafts mm. so you learn to make the little air fresheners with the wool and the and the stuff yeah, yeah. that used to be my favorite class what, what school you went to you went to ICCS no Maricelio you went to Maricelio yeah. and they had art class in Maricelio yeah we had a teacher named Mr. Rivan mm-hmm. I don't know where he teaches now but he was one of the earliest people I remember teaching me art Wow. And I was in third grade. And so, so he knew about the, 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 the strips? Um, I'm not sure. Not sure, really? Because it was between you and, and Gershon. Yeah, and, and Gershon, yeah. And Gershon actually made a flip book where I'm playing crashing into some towers. And maybe like a couple months later, 9-11 the, happened. <laughs> so he predicted 9-11. So the CIA really should have taken him in earlier. Maybe. maybe. I hope they don't come looking at the kids. I don't want that. Uh, so, so you... You decided, okay, you decided at some point that you're going to pursue art. In, and how did that um, happen? What, actually, what? it was much later. Uh, you know, growing up, I, w- I wanted to be a doctor. Oh, okay. I wanted to be a doctor. And then somewhere along the line, you know, you go, mm, I kind of like to see people suffer. Oh, no. Let's go. You didn't so. say that on this wonderfully peaceful podcast. Yeah. At some it point, you wanted to see people. No, it's not that I wanted to. I just didn't have a problem with it. <laughs> this guy, that's a little strange. Yeah, I know, I know. It's a bit dark. It's just a tad. Yeah, but I was always drawing. I was really into science. Mm. Um, what a lot of people don't know, I my degree is in art, but my minor is in geosciences. Geosciences? I was double majoring in geoscience and art. I have like maybe four or five classes that I've had like two physics classes and two math classes to take to have um, a bachelor's in geoscience. When did you establish a love for geoscience before you went to school to do it or you? I always had a love for science Mm -hmm. and the fact that science requires you to have drawing skills. Mm. 
Mm. So, I mm. guess that was one of the things. I actually didn't know that because, I, I mean, I guess if you think about it from an engineering standpoint, you have to be able to, like, communicate your ideas in mm-hmm. some pictorial way, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, in terms of, like, a doctor, I don't think doctors yeah, could you draw have to. They have to be able to identify muscles and breaking it down into the simplest shapes because mm. certain muscles are shaped certain ways and that's how you identify it. If you can't, then you're going to have a little problem in med school. Oh, but they, do they have to physically draw these things? Yeah, you have to draw it. You d- you didn't do biology in high school? I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I did integrated science. But did you have to draw diagrams? Yes, of course. Like but for your SBAs, you have to draw. You had you have to, to draw do cells, uh, um, cross sections. Not really. I think more or less the SBAs were focused on you drawing your apparatus for doing the experiments. Okay, well, now, not necessarily like. Well, the, now they require them to draw like a cross-section of a lime, a cross-section mm. of different things. And the more accurate I think it is, the more Better. points you, you get. could get. They're still so. Do, so they're still doing SBAs in school? Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maths and English have SBA now. What What are you saying? So you got to buy a book for that now? You got to buy a book for your SBA? Is, is it different? Um, it's just remember I science. old school, eh? No, I'm trying to remember because I old school too. I've been out to high school for what? When we were in, <laughs> little whippersnappers, when we were in. Uh, history, history had like four, three, four SBAs. History, history only have one SBA now. Did history have an SBA? Geography had an SBA. Mm-hmm. All the sciences had SBAs, of mm-hmm. course, including physics. He had 18 physics. SBAs. Yes, I think, it's eight, I think we had 24. Four. Now it's 18. We had 24. Now it's 18. I remember was, we, I think we used to have to like 50 something SBAs and to pick out your best ones. Oh, some nonsense. Yeah. I didn't. I, I hated SBAs. Yeah. Man. It took me was a lot of time and it's just but a now, lot of writing. But now maths and English have SBAs now. Um, the history SBA is just one SBA now. So you're doing like a focused, what, study on somebody? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't teach those subjects. Do they teach, do they teach um, the realism of, of, of slavery now? Or is it just still Christopher Columbus One saved us from ourselves? I don't know. <laughs> Two. <laughs> you, must, you must be familiar with uh, the curriculum, man. I don't like, teach it. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, I know one kid was doing cricket. Was for, doing cricket for, like for, for history. history? Yeah. But that's that's a good topic. So I guess you could choose your, choose your what area you and look into it. More than likely, it has to be related to the Caribbean. Man, I tell you the truth, right? I started to really get educated after after high school. Yeah. After I, high school, I was just like forced. You have to go to school, carry this book bag, head up the road, and try Yo, to be cool about school, it so the girls would like high it. High school. Whew, high school was a trip. <laughs> high school was a trip. What was a trip about high school? Let's go. Most of my art developed a lot in high school. Because mm. I had people like um, Jeffrey Joseph influencing my know. art, um, Paul Archard, mm-hmm. um, Kitwano Julius, wow. uh, Gat. You realize all these people like are Dele. twice your age at that point? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I had these guys that helped me um, over the my high school period. And Kitwan was really into cartooning and drawing character designs. Mm-hmm. And I got really into that. Um, Joseph was into, he does costumes. Yeah, he does. Co- mm-hmm. His mind is crazy. Like, he would just come up with the most random stuff. Mm. And if you catch him, like, just sitting, he's always doodling and making weird designs. 
in the giant, in the giant. He's always giant. He's always his hand is always doing something. He can't just sit and not. Um, Does he still teach? Uh, uh yeah, Bastia High. Okay. Um, man, I hated him in high school. Why? Because he would mess up my drawings. Mess up your drawings? Why? Yeah, he keeps saying he would make it better and he would take a pencil and add stuff to it. And I was like, no, I don't want it like that. And we uh, have huge blow arguments over it. But he, was, he wouldn't have been your teacher at the time? Yeah. This is what you see, this is what happens when you grow up with people who are way older than you. Yeah, so me and him, we, did, we literally have arguments. I remember you go from a class where first form, maybe 30 kids. Uh-huh. Half the class is doing art, the other half is doing music. Yeah, that's what we did, which I didn't find to be fair, but okay. No, you choose which one you were interested in. We didn't get a chance to choose. Ah. In second form, they gave us, the boys, all the fellas had to do pan, I think. Mm. And all the girls got to do art, or vice versa. I think it was vice versa. We, we had to do art, and they had to do pan. So the first year of high school, we did Yeah, that sucks. I, I don't... Art. I don't believe in, like, separating the genders for subjects. It, I find it's, it to be strange. And it's I like the fact that we no longer do that anymore. Okay. So that's, that's the upside. We got girls down by us do, that do BFT, which is Building and Furniture Technology, a.k.a. Woodwork. Woodwork. Walk wood. I mean, yeah. well, that's not nice thing to say yeah, about kids. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah. Do, do the woodwork. I got girls on bandsaws um, using... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I hated woodwork, man. I really didn't like it because we didn't make anything. Oh, they make things now. Like we like when right now, Virtuals is having a sale on um on woodwork stuff. Like yeah. you guys are selling furniture. Not necessarily. For, I think they have some medicine cabinets mm. that uh, that were made some years ago, and some kids made some shelving units. I think it looks like space savers. Oh, yeah. I had a student. and they did this in what farm? Like what? what oh, what? this this was done like last week. <laughs> oh, this was last. Okay, okay. So it was last made, week, they made it last week. So which farm did it? Because, uh, Fort Farm. Okay, it's Fort Farm. But I would. And then I we have the third farmers making picture frames, mm. and they're making joints. They learn to cut joints, dovetails, mm. and all that cool stuff that's really good but they do that at a higher level right they do that because when we were doing woodwork all the fellas did woodwork and most the girls except for one guy of course one guy of course one guy and that guy is now a chef no he isn't he can cook very well I am not sure how good his culinary we're gonna are. go with that okay let's just go with that um, but he everybody all the ladies did home ec mm-hmm. in second round I was then, forced to do home ec Oh, you, you probably hated that. And then I was forced, I, I did, um, well, all the guys had to do woodwork. And the thing is, we didn't do any actual woodwork. We just did a lot of theory. I think it's mostly because there's a fear of unskilled. Um, mm, of course, you cut off your hand. Tension spans. Mm. But then you think you would tools, change so large much classes. Um, it could also be the class sizes and not have enough materials for everybody. Oh. Because at that, in first and second form, you'd have these massive numbers. Of course, of course. We, our class alone, the fellas of India was like at least 16 children. Yeah. Kids. So first form, we did, I did art. Second form, I did art. And then, you know, you had that option where you had to do homework or yeah. woodwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the elective, right? For second yeah. Form. And I was like, I want to do woodwork. And they're like, no, you're a girl. You have to do homework. And I was like, no. These I want to. And I think it was either woodwork or metalwork. Mm. But I mean, you went, you went bastard, huh? Yeah. yeah. We didn't have metal work. Yeah, so I ended up doing homework with Miss Lazar. Mm. 
I can make a dish towel. I can sew now. I can do embroidery. Well, I could. You embroidered that shirt, that Egypt shirt. No, I got this. My mom went to Egypt and brought this back. Oh, that's good. Um, but I can do embroidery. Actually, I could have done embroidery before I went to high school. My grandmother taught me. No, looking back, I think I would have rather do homework. Like I would have, I would have gained more. Especially mid-day to their life, I would have It's no longer more. called homework anymore now. What is it called now? Um, God. Family resource management. That just, God, really? <laughs> homework, what's such a better name? Home economics. No, family resource management. Family resource. It sounds like you're training them to get kids. Like They're training them to res- manage the resources of the family. But suppose you don't have a family, so you can't use these same things for yourself. Yeah, you could. Yeah, home ec. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a home. Home ec. Not everybody has a home. Everybody has a domicile. Uh, exactly. But if you live, unless you're on the street, even if you're on the street, you could use home ec. This is true. Ha. This home is true. ec. Family resource management, my butt. So what are they called? What are they called woodwork now? Uh, BFT, building and furniture technology. Building and furniture technology. Nice yeah. on that. That's a little high tech. Because they now teach them not just how to do woodwork stuff mm. they're teaching them like construction like how to dig a foundation and oh. layout and the markers is really interesting to watch and CXE upgraded their whole program now um, for technical drawing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's all CAD baby oh wow so you're no longer drawing no longer do traditional drawing for CXE SBs CAD this exam, is so unfair I'm gonna um, say why is on. Fear. Them children will never know the joys of spending up, waiting up until 10 o'clock in the evening, 11 o'clock in the evening, and drying, on, drying these long backside drawings. Yo, yo, fifth listen, farm, fifth horrible. I just got a headache thinking I about it. I <laughs> spent nine days up in technical drawing, and we did it during, um, we did our SBAs during um, Easter. So when everybody's off, mm-hmm. we up there for nine days. Yeah. From on Saturday, on Sunday, back to back. You go there at 8 o'clock in the morning and you leave 11 o'clock in the night, sometimes 12. I don't even know if that was like legal for us to be up there so long. I don't know. Um, but we were up there till same, same. 11. You see, I did technical drawing and art. Mm. So I had nine SBAs for art to do. Nine SBAs. They now have to do ten now. So But what is the SBA? Is it quick things or is it No, it's big um production pieces, you know? You had to make something and it had to have meaning. And so I would have to be doing these nine art SBAs and doing the technical drawing SBAs. And, oh, man, I had this teacher of judo, uh, Mr. Green. Mm-hmm. So you would do this wonderful floor plan. Yeah, it looks good. You know, you do your roof and your foundation. Yeah, your and elevations. You turn them, no, no, no. You just yeah, do the roof, the foundation, and the floor plan. Because yeah. you really want to rush it, and then you got to change things. And you turn it in, and the first thing you do, he mark up your floor plan. Yeah, man. Yeah, move this. this, change this, and you're like... Dude, I spent three days doing this crap. So after a while, what I used to do is I only used to turn in my floor plan. Mm. I didn't draw anything else. I turned in the floor plan. And what I used to do is um, I'm a, I'm a true believer in work smarter, not harder. Yeah, yeah. There's a lovely light box that used to be in the geography 
classroom. Uh-huh. I used to go in there, take my floor plan, take a blank piece of paper. Every time he made a change, my outside walls would remain the same. And I just trace the building and just make the adjustments inside. What? That, but that is extremely smart. That's very efficient. Yeah. You didn't have no light box. If the market people got just dry it back over. Yeah, no. I wasn't about to do that nonsense. I think, I don't think, I still think I, I got a two. I think I got a two in technical drive. Same, same. I think I got a two in technical drive. And the reason I think I got a two is because for the SBA, like, I had messed up the shingles on the roof. Like, the pattern yeah. had con- had messed me up. Because I, I went to do some, let me give you the full story. My dad had bought this 3D architecture drawing program. Mm-hmm. So I decided, you know, what I'm going to do. I'm going to create the floor plan in this program, mm-hmm. present it to my teacher and ask her if it's fine. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to just draw it out with the, the proper dimension and all that. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I had this bright idea to do this combination hip roof thing. Oh, right, and it was no. like it was it was advanced. It was no. more advanced. I did the same thing. Got me. <laughs> and I did, and I'm like starting to okay. I got the roof. The roof is okay. So I did start draining the shingles. I didn't. I didn't do shingles. I, I messed it up. Did a Galvalume roof. But I would that wouldn't be easier. Yes, yes. because my roof Straight was already legs. my roof was already complicated. It was a combination of a hip and gable. Kind of room, kind of and thing. my SBA was um, it was a resident and commercial, uh-huh. so it was a doctor's a, a doctor's office office with a treatment center in the home. Mm. So half the house was the office and treatment center with a wheelchair ramp and parking. You did the parking lot too. Or yeah, you? yeah. I, I I when I did the site plan, I allocated this is the area for parking. Okay, so you so didn't... So it wasn't on-street parking. It had Did, did you, like, parking. draw out the, like... Did you draw, like, the whole plan in terms of, like, where yeah. they're going to park and have yeah. the little blocks on the yeah. top? The stop blocks over there? Yeah. No, man, you give yourself a load of equipment. Yeah, I was, I was overly ambitious. Me and Duna. And I got, I, got, I, got, I, got, I got, um... I got a grade two because the, the exam was on the day of my birthday and I completely zoned out. Oh, and they had cricket in the park the same day, too. Oh no, that's just distracting. Yeah, and I couldn't remember how to draw a door. I had to draw a pictorial of a door. And for the life of me, I think at this point I'd already cracked with the pressure of So you exams so I, I could assume exams and you never never uh, I I am terrible at taking exams. Is you get anxiety or I zone out. You Sometimes zone out? I get bored. You get bored of an exam? Man, I can't sit for two hours. Like, you know how quiet in there to be? Yeah, but it's you. You're, you're supposed to be putting your, you're supposed to be putting your mind down on the I page. I get distracted. I get distracted. I get distracted easily. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I think one of my exams, I draw like SpongeBob in a car on a on the exam paper. And this is CSEC exam, so. Yeah. I did this what a multiple choice paper or like a, a structured paper? You say so you Spanish. Oh, I don't so think I slept too. Took a nap. But you did you finish the paper? Yeah, I failed. God damn. Like what what? I I'm you see, in my defense. Did how do you defend falling asleep in the exam room when you 
I didn't want to do the subject. Oh, you didn't like Spanish, okay. Yeah. I, so why why did you why why did you do? Did you see, do? when you're in a certain class stream, mm -hmm. there are certain things required of you, like a foreign language. I was in a one. So the A ones. You had to do a foreign at Basia. You had to do a foreign language, either that's French that's or ridiculous. Spanish. That's ridiculous. I really do hate that. That whole. I kind of regret not doing a foreign language now. Why? Because it's the whole world talks English. Right? Yeah, <laughs> the whole world doesn't just <laughs> speak English. Talks English now. Yeah, but it's more marketable to have like a second language, you know. Is it really? I've never come up to anything where like not having a foreign language has affected me in any way, shape, or form. Like, uh, if you're it? talking Akumba Kumba, I have no idea what well, you're saying. Well, maybe because I went to school in Texas. Texas is Spanish. Uh, not, it's, Texas, in, Texas speaks English. Yes, as in, there's, there isn't there a big so population. It's so close, of, yeah. It's so close to Mexico. Yeah. And a lot of people there speak Spanish. Yeah. Mex tech, the thing is, Texas, New Mexico, all those places, mm -hmm. don't they have a very large Mexican population. Yeah, it's because it's part, technically. It's technically. Technically, Texas is part of Mexico Technic along with New Mexico Say it. Arizona and California and California yeah they literally moved the borders yeah to say this is ours and yeah. the people were already stole, living there they stole the land they stole the land thank god it's not only me okay great Super. I did you I did two years of US history two and years of US history in, well, in college no, sorry or? two years two semesters of US history and I did two semesters of US politics mm. so It was so really interesting. What was, to, most, what was the most interesting thing about um, the two years of U.S. politics? Um, that they kill off. We're the, more. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. We're more democratic than they are, because the people mm. choose the government here mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the U.S. directly on a poll. Directly on a poll. Mm. When the people go out to vote, it's a popularity vote, but they don't choose who the president is. It's the electoral Total college. college that would choose. It, so this is this one person. And it depends. It's more than one people. I think it's 230 electoral votes, mm. electoral votes or something like that. Because each member of Congress is basically electoral vote. And um, depending on the size of your population for your, your state mm. is how many electoral votes, votes you have that to contribute to, the, to the, the overall election. And if your state is a red state and maybe you got half your population turning Democrat, mm. you're... Your represent you're hoping your representative is gonna yeah. vote the way that the popular vote, yeah. the popular vote would go, which doesn't happen a lot All of the time. time. You know, like the popular vote would be this, but then the electoral college votes completely different to what the popular vote is. And it was really interesting, um, actually living in the U.S. when Donald Trump was elected. I was living in New York. Oh, you're kidding! Yeah. So you get uh, to see the Trumpy come in. Yeah, I was in New York. And I worked for the federal government at that time, too. What so were you doing? What were you doing for them? I, I was teaching at this place called Urban Arts Partnership, mm. where I was teaching art to in um, areas that were considered impoverished. Uh -huh, so uh -huh. I was teaching in Harlem, and I was teaching in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. So I was teaching at a total of one, two, about three schools. Mm -hmm. So I was teaching... Um, English to non-English speaking students using art to the art of storytelling. That sounds extremely interesting. It is. It's how to tell their story using images and then teaching history through the use of hip hop. 
music, the music that the kids were accustomed well, to this, listening well, to. But this education system sounds so cool. It like, is. I'm so forward. I was so fascinated by it. And then um, teaching math and science through the use of art. Through the use of art. Do you, do you incorporate this, these same techniques? I mean, because you're a teacher, no. You teach, you teach art, no. Yeah. Do you incorporate the same things? Do you tr- try to? Well, Is it more restrictive our, our syllabus tends to be a bit more restrictive because they require you to do certain things and we have less time to do it. So there's that and the lack of resources. Less time to do it. Mm-hmm. So you don't have enough time to complete the syllabus? That's what you're saying? Some people don't. You really can't. Like, honestly, you really can't complete the syllabus. Um, we have three... It's not three years? Not three years? We have three years to teach sculpture and ceramics, painting and mixed media, drawing, graphic design and communication, wow, that's a printmaking, um, textile manipulation, leather craft, and I think is decorative arts. You have eight components, eight main points uh-huh. to teach over three years. Uh-huh. And all of these have subcategories and topics. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the book follows to all the of... The book is about this thick. Which is what? That's like 400 pages? Try 100 and maybe six pages. 106 pages. That's uh, That doesn't even scratch the surface of these... Um, so you still media. have to get supplemental material for the stuff that you're teaching? And then... There's the fact that, depending on where you are, you don't even have the resources to teach some of these things. Like, we don't teach um, leather craft because... They don't have any leather. It's not that we don't have any leather. We don't have anyone that necessarily knows the art form. It's a dying art form. Mm. But a craft house has it, and they're bringing it back and everything, and they want to have it taught in the schools, hopefully. So that should be a thing coming up soon. But then, would you, wouldn't you have would the would you have to go to the craft house physically to? So that's Probably. a field trip, then. Yes. Oh, I take my kids on field trips all the time. I know you like to leave the school. It's not just for them. And no, let me sip it's as I sip educational. My tea. It's educational. I like to, you know, broaden their horizon, open their minds. Of course. I remember one time we went to a field trip uh, at the SSMC. Oh, I wish I got to go there. Yeah. I never, I never got to go there. I, I was just old enough, and they gave us a bag of sugar each, and I left the sugar inside my desk for the majority of my fifth farm year. And one time, the teacher came up to beat everyone who had food in the desk, <laughs> but it just so happens that I was down in the auditorium competing for some kind of acting thing that mm-hmm. a drama competition across the schools. And I was like one of the lead performers, mm-hmm. or whatever. So I was down there doing that. Well, the man was up there getting blows. And right? you had um, a bag of sugar. I had a bag, bag of sugar, sugar in, in your desk. desk. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, did I escape that one. And God is good. Yeah. I, I believe in field trips. I do. I I remember Miss Edmead, she was my geography teacher, mm-hmm. took, took us on a field trip to a farm, the D'Souza's farm. Mm-hmm. And she took us on a field trip to Nevis. And I had, um, when I was in high school, after, like you say, you know, second form, first form, you have these huge art classes. Yes, of course. Then you get to third form and it's like... It whittled down, yeah. I was the only person in my class. You were the only person in the A1 class that did that? Just personalized attention. Maybe you sort of get one. No, my parents had to fight 
for them to even keep it open? Yeah. They didn't. They weren't offering it to the A ones at the time. So my parents fought for me to do art. Why were we so restrictive, man? Because I think at that time, people thought art was remedial. Was, was remedial. Yeah. We still tend to do it now, but it's more open to the other levels. Mm-hmm. It's not so restrictive. Yeah. So my God, parents we fought. Sexist. We were both sexist. We like we we had a we don't played art in its mm-hmm. entirety. I mean I mean even now people. Like, what do you do for a living? Oh, I do photography and video. You make money from... Yeah. <laughs> from doing that? You would say yeah, yeah because you probably know. But they would be like... Hey, photography was paying some of my bills when I was in university. to pay. Like, I wouldn't be here. Like, I'm, this is my full-time job. And people don't know how much hours you put in just to make this no. one thing look good. And they're like, oh, but... Why... It only take you, you know, a like hour. an hour. I went to school for five years so I could do it in an hour, darling. It's true. Not only just that, but it, I never think it, I don't ever think it takes an hour. It like, doesn't. When we, whenever you cast, and this is probably more like in the photography film range. Whenever you charge somebody for an hour worth of work, you're coming back for five hours to deal mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I tell clients all the time, most of the work that we do for you, you don't see. You're not. You're not participating in it. When I'm here busting my backside for 16 hours to finish your work for the, day ne- the next day, yeah. you don't even, you're, you're enjoying your life Well, I'm here stuck behind a computer for 16 hours. Yeah. For like maybe even two hours of filming. So it's Which easy is... for me to say like, oh, I'm casting you for two hours, but I'm not really casting for two hours. I'm casting you for 18, an 18 hour job. And the only reason I'm able to complete it in 18 hours is because like you said, train experience yeah. you know yeah, learning sure. these skills and failing yep for years not making yep. enough money for years the yep. starving artist is a real thing it is and then you know I got to Fort Farm I had Gershon come join me in Fort Farm so I had a buddy in Fort Farm doing art with me oh, he sw- did he switch or is it uh, I think so I think, I think he ended up switching so I had a buddy and I was happy because it was lonely just you and Joseph well, today, let's go. Can't even the class is like, let's go, watch. Let's go. Um, what are you doing? Come draw the thing over there. Um, I'm coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's one student, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Not like, how much trouble you're getting by yourself? A lot. Not saying <laughs> that you can't. A lot. Saying, um, how much you know? And then so I had Gershon and then, you know, you have somebody to bounce ideas off, which is the best thing. Like, you can't, artists cannot work in a vacuum. Mm. You have to have someone there to bounce your ideas off of. You can't do it alone. So having him with me was great. And then when we got to fifth form, Mimi joined the class. So she it was did? the three of us. Yeah. What? Man, she did. Uh, she got a, I think she got a grade one. I she think she grade, did, yeah. She got a grade one. Wait, but she's not your age. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. We graduated high school together. And we did art in high school, and then we went off to CFB, and we were the one. We were one of the biggest. Well, at that time, it was three of us, uh-huh. three girls doing art at um, A level at CFBC, and one guy. He was a year ahead of us, Kevin. Mm-hmm. And then after we went in second year, they had a class of nine oh, wow. coming in at CFBC doing art. 
So the, as you can see, it was getting the classes were getting bigger, and we were in like a little apartment. Mm-hmm. We were in an apartment. Um, you see where early childhood is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Downstairs in the little apartment downstairs. Okay. We were in the bedroom. So our, our classroom was the bedroom uh-huh. with the ensuite, uh-huh, and uh-huh. the walk-in closet was the storage. And then we had these other people joining us, so they gave us the other part of the apartment, which is the kitchen and the, the kitchen. And so you get yeah. an expansion. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I think I was, I did graphic design. I think I was the first person to do digital graphic, graphic design, design at CFB. So they brought in a computer for me to use. Wow. So. But then no, it's no. Uh, it's a part of the curriculum. It's embedded. Yeah. Yeah. Graphic design. Graphic is design was more traditional, like. Hand drawn. Um, I think when I was in fifth form is when they just started introducing using the computer mm. for graphic design mm-hmm. using Photoshop and well, it was just Photoshop at the time. Mm. So I had um, God taught me basically everything I knew about Photoshop. About at the Photoshop, time? and it was because Joseph brought him in in fifth form just to teach me for my exam. Really. Mm-hmm. I didn't even Photoshop. Yes, Photoshop would have been. Would have yeah, been it would have been um Photoshop five, five or four, four or something some like nonsense. yeah. Yo, them early a hey, them early iterations were still powerful. You could have yeah. done a lot with them. I mean, they were yeah. slower. Yeah, but you could have done. You could you could do a lot with them. You could have so done a lot with Photoshop. I had Gath come in and teach me just to do my exam, so that was cool. Let me ask you this: in terms of the traditional sense, what we how could you make a, a career? out of art here like in the traditional sense I, I mean I know graphic design graphic I, I mean you hire graphic designers all the time yeah. I mean there's, there's a need for graphic designers there's even though I feel like Hold it's on, too cheap there's a need for trained yes trained graphic, graphic designers because mm-hmm. anybody could take up a laptop and open Photoshop and call themselves a graphic designer which tends to happen a lot I'm not calling names However, you don't need to. We, we know them. There's such a thing as color theory mm-hmm. and composition. Yep. And having way too much text. Yeah, yeah. Even even managing negative space. I mean, in terms of composition, yeah. yes, but like the 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 balance. Yeah, having you like have to have balance. Balance. It things. has to. Be, it could be. Radial, mm-hmm. it could be symmetrical, it could be unsymmetrical. It could be asymmetrical. But it just has once to be. it's balanced. It just has to be balanced. It has to be able to catch your eye, mm-hmm. and it has with graphic design. It has to be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. That is the purpose That's to the purpose. communicate. Mm-hmm. And if it's too distracting, that I can't tell you who is performing, where they're performing, and what they're performing. Yeah, it becomes You have confusing. failed yeah. your task. There's, there's such a thing as like cognitive dissonance where mm-hmm. like you're looking at something but you're not sure you're looking at. So it boggles yep. your mind. So the yep. three point that you you're not interested. There's this thing that we used to say, um, the factory girl test. The factory girl test. I heard Garth say that. The factory girl test. Yes. So you make a flyer and if you want to know if it's marketable, you go by the factory. Uh-huh. And you put it up, and when they come out on the break or lunchtime, if they gravitate towards it, you know you got something. You got in the something. Can. Yeah, you got something in the can. That takes a lot. Test. That takes some. That's that's really like market research right there. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, what I just do, like especially for any design I make, mm-hmm. anything I do, I try to share it with somebody who is not proficient in the craft. It's the same thing as a factory girl test. Mm-hmm. You have to get somebody who's uninitiated because you're looking at it from a technical standpoint. Color theory is great, but if it doesn't 
com- as you say, if it doesn't, doesn't communicate, communicate, you you you, you failed. It, yeah. it, it could be it could be an art piece in and of itself, but if it's not doing what you're supposed to do to the audience that you're trying to get to do it to, you have your really your goal as ball. an artist is to gauge a reaction, get a reaction mm-hmm. for your work from your audience. From your audience, and if you're not reaching your audience, you're not. Then you need to. You need to react. You need to re-strategize or educate your audience. Mm. Which is a long-term, usually a very long-term. Educate your audience. Mm. Um, Get them to do what you want them to do. You You know know? what I find is missing too? And this is something like, I guess, is across the board for like design. And even like, if we're dealing with art in and of itself. I don't think we have a firm appreciation of all of the pioneers that came before us in terms of older art pieces and the way that they, mm-hmm. they did their balance, the way that they did their compositions, mm-hmm. um, the way that they managed light, dark, shadows, contrast, yeah. all these things. When I look at, like, I, I love older works. I love older works. Defined it's, older. Um, not We talking Renaissance. Renaissance. Specifically, um, specifically Renaissance paintings because I love the way that they they used to do so depth that, in those the, paintings. That's not, classical. That's the classical. Um, yeah, training. not abstract, not 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 postmodern. Well, there's not nothing those. wrong with postmodern. The, and not, I'm nothing. not saying there's really anything. Cool. I'm sorry, but I'm a big. I, I'm a huge. I fan love surrealist of, stuff, but I'm just. I'm saying. a huge fan of Kandinsky. I, the thing is, again, I'm not, and Mark Rothko, where he painted a block of orange puts a white line through it and that painting is being sold for eight million dollars again <laughs> i could and, and you know what for me i can't you know why i can't judge at uh, in the more subjective sense i mean i have my preferences and my preferences mm-hmm. we my, always have our preferences of course every and, and everyone <clears throat> has the right to their preferences mm-hmm. i can't say what that piece did for the person who bought it because i could imagine oh, it's sitting in a museum of course okay it's in a museum and it's valued at eight million dollars but if somebody looks at it there's an appreciation for art and we all have that right Mm -hmm. you could appreciate a little you could have a blank canvas blank white canvas with one dot in the middle of it i've actually seen that i've seen it too (laughs) (laughs) and for some of us we look at it and say that is lazy like he literally took a dot and put it in the middle of a pin you need to look at it from his perspective you put that one dot on a blue canvas and say airplane in the distance. This is why you are who you are. <laughs> You're an artist. Because I would have never thought, I would have thought, lazy. Where is the, where's the, where's the, where's the, the, air, the airplane? You see, that's what people don't understand. Mm-hmm. We don't just get up and, well, some people do. You, there's usually some information that goes with these works. And this is what we teach the kids. Mm. Um, it's not just creating the work. It's the thought process of how you came up with this idea. Why is this idea important? Why do you have to tell the story? Okay. So it's that's why it's more than just... Just aesthetics. Yeah. It's more than just the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. I, I think and this is what CXC trains you to do. So it doesn't, it's, I mean, you could literally do anything then, mm-hmm. but it just has to have meaning mm-hmm. that you could explain. Yeah. And that's why I say I can't judge it because I used to be, I used to be very, um, I want to say hostile about like, I was like, what the hell is this? This is like selling for 10 million. This looks terrible. I, this is like a primary school just took some paint and just splashed it all yeah, over. Yeah, that, that's totally Kandinsky and Jackson Pollock. Jackson Pollock. What he did, he did. Number five. Number five. 
where it's listen. just a bunch of paint splattered bunch across. But when you actually sit down and look at it, there's actually numbers in the background. I've Take never a look. seen it. Look at it again. Look at look at Jackson Pollock's um, the number series paintings. Uh-huh. There are actual numbers in the background. I've I got the opportunity to view Jackson Pollock's work live, like up close. I could. Uh-huh. Like, well, you're not supposed to touch yeah, it. Yes, but you did touch it. You did try to touch it. Well, yeah, and you there's like you there's there's right? like bits of cigarette ash and like because he did these huge yeah, 10 foot yeah. paintings so he would be walking on top of the canvas while creating this work and he would be smoking and you know you drop your ash and it, so it gets it was, sucked into the paint yeah, and, and it's, it's just oil there. paint and it was just so amazing to look at so it's and like a story it's not just random no and even um Leonardo da Vinci's artwork mm-hmm. when you put them on the infrared um, x-ray you see different layers of different images underneath that one piece. What are you piece. saying? Is what you see on the surface isn't the is just the final product. There's like years of of, of development work and development underneath. underneath. So I have a painting where there are at least three different paintings underneath it. That's crazy. Yeah, I worked with a guy, um, Bernard. He's in Antigua. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in school together. We graduated together. And we worked really closely. And he would start out, he does surrealism. You mm-hmm. love his work. He does I, I surrealism. Love, I like, I love surrealism. And I actually have one of his paintings and it got damaged. He didn't know. Uh-huh. It got damaged by termites. And I was suffering from the damage. <laughs> and I decided that he needed to suffer with me. So I sent him pictures of it. <laughs> and what did he do? And he was like, so you have this painting? I was like, yeah, I protected it from you. I liberated the painting when I was leaving. Oh no, you're heisting and stuff. Well, traded. You left something yes. of yours for him? Yes. He wanted, I had a six foot canvas uh-huh. and I had a painting of myself on it as a king. Self portraits. With like a crown, a scepter, which was a paintbrush, um, and the ball that I carry one day again was a camera lens. Oh dear, you go. And it was cool, so I left that for him. It, was, it, was it like an abstract painting or is it. Is it painting of me. Like, you see it, you see is me. So he did the surrealist work. You ripped the man painting up. And the one that I took was actually a painting of him pulling on a chain, but the chain was actually clouds. Oh. And it had blues, and it was this amazing work with blues and browns. And, and it's a surrealist painting, so yeah. it's very realistic. The, mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. gradations on the skin, yep. the, skin yeah. the tone. No, everything. no, surrealist, not realist. Oh, realist. Surrealist. surrealist. Yeah. So it's it's very dreamy. It's, yeah, it's very whimsical. Mm-hmm. And he does these lovely, whimsical pieces. However, what he starts with is not what it tends to finish with. So that? he'll start with one painting of a cup uh-huh. and you come back an hour, two hours later, maybe a day and it's a spoon. But then, you know what's amazing? I think paint, painting gives you that liberty though. Certain paint mediums. So acrylic gives you that liberty because mm. it dries quickly. Mm-hmm. When you paint with oil paint, it takes days to dry. Okay, so you have to be more intentional about mm-hmm. what you're doing. And it's kind of locked in then. I mean, you have mm-hmm. to wait for days. Uh, you could paint over it, but it's just going to take days mm-hmm, for you mm-hmm, to... Mm-hmm. And you have to layer it. So you would usually put down your darker colors first, and then you build up to your lighter colors 
um, vice versa, especially when you get into like watercolor medium. Some mediums are more forgiving than others. Mm -hmm. um, watercolor isn't. It's one of the most difficult. Oh, but, and that's what they give the kids. Yeah, because it's cheap. That's turned me off. No, the reason why it washes out. Yeah, it does. But so that's what you give the kids. But it's difficult. I remember one time my first watercolor painting set. I had a watercolor painting set, and I had a. Hold um, on, let me guess. It was the Crayola watercolor. Painting. Yes, washable. It was the washable. The washable. It, it was the, and he had the little the 12, the 12 set. plastic thing, yeah. the white plastic. With the, with the little um, plastic, plastic brush yes. that couldn't actually pick the, up the pigment. It couldn't really do nothing. And he used to scratch up the paper. Of course. Mm -hmm. And I had like a book, my, my mother bought this, um, this thick page mm -hmm. um, sketch pad. Yeah. And the first time I tried drawing with it, I was like, this is trash. Like, this just looks like water and a hint of paint. Yeah, because you're using cheap um, pigment. Of course. But I didn't know that. So when, I you, just get, thought, when you get up to like... I buy Winsor Newton. These things cost like $17 a tube US. I have a paintbrush that costs 15 US. One brush. And a student broke it. Did you break the student? No, I'm not allowed to. Are you allowed to talk about it even if you, if you did? Nope. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, the painting stuff, painting stuff is expensive. Mm -hmm. But who funds... The Art is expensive. Does, do, the, do the students have to fund their own materials um, or is it, how does that work? Back in the day, I did. When I was in high school, I funded some of my materials. My parents bought me an airbrush. When mm -hmm. Airbrushing was way popular back yeah, then. It was they bought me a compressor and an airbrush. Oh, really? And um, the school would provide paper sometimes. They would provide paint. At, at one point, you had to buy your own paper. Um, right now, in... At, at the school that I work at, mm. we provide most of the materials that the students need. We raise funds, we sell water, and it's still not enough. For, um, for everybody. For everybody. Like, I'm trying to work out resources for next year. I have the biggest class coming in into third form, roughly about 25 kids. Wow, that is humongous. Why? Why? Wait, 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 that? Art is on the rise at Virtuous High. Well, yeah. Is it from what you you guys doing something? Uh, or? We we completely changed our program from the traditional way it was taught. We do on first form; it's more hands on. We let them paint, mm -hmm. we let them sculpt. They get a feel for uh, the actual different um, expressive this, forms. Mm -hmm. It's not just oh, draw a square, draw a line, yeah, draw this. That was no, as hell. you we set up still lives for them on second still my the second formers um under the tutorage of Rogers mm -hmm. Carver's Rogers they're doing still life drawings what are you saying and they're not just doing still life drawings with pencil they're doing still life paintings on second form so we give so them so you guys are cultivating mm -hmm. you're cultivating that environment where the students yeah. want to do yeah. that yeah. I didn't want to add. I hate it. Sorry to say. No, no, I hated really that. I, I, I did. It. I got when I was up there in fifth form. I hated that. <laughs> I hated it. It was. It, it just was boring. I, I had Miss Capel. Is Miss Capel? I think that's the, some freedom fighter lady. I don't. I don't know yeah. what to call them. What they call them? The American people who come down yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had her. Yeah, yeah. And to me, I think she tried. Yeah. But. Maybe the problem too was the way it was being taught. The, the way it was being taught, and also maybe the lack of materials because we mm -hmm. didn't draw anything until we got like late down into the year. It was all theory and like right now, my students are open to what um, we have paint, 
We have clay. We have charcoal. What? Um, I teach printmaking. Printmaking. So that's what? That's just printing drawings? Or? Uh, you know, screen printing? Screen printing is what? Wait, on the t-shirts. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, I kind of started teaching that, but then it kind of... I need to get a compressor with a power hose and everything and then having to figure out how we're going to use that in a classroom is another story. So it's we do more traditional intaglio print, which is I have this rubber block mm-hmm. and a carving tool and they're carving away the image from the rubber block and then they put an ink on it or you could put paint on it and it transfers over onto the to thing. paper once you apply pressure. Oh, wow. And they love it. But the the carve the blocks themselves they're not reusable, right? Nope. So from the time you carve it out, that's the end of that. Yep. And if you make a mistake, that's the end of that. Oh yes, and I do this in wood. The students do it in the linoleum, which is easier to carve. I use wood, so I have um, right now I have a six foot by three foot or six foot by two foot um, carving um, at Dale's Gallery over at Christoph Harbor. A six foot by three foot carving mm-hmm. of a wooden block. Is, is it from a wooden block? Is it, well, we don't have the wooden block. We have the print from the wooden block. Oh, the block. Where is the block? That's I a think, humongous block. I have no idea where I put the block. I th- uh, last time I remember, the block was in my storage unit in Texas. I was going to turn it into a coffee table because it has a carving of Saint Kitts on it. It was a map of St. Kitts. I am trying to wrap my head around what you're telling me. You have a six foot by three foot block of wood that you carved. Mm-hmm. And then put ink. ink on it and then put a sheet of paper on top of it. Mm-hmm. And that's a print. Yeah. And we, so here's how that worked. Um, there was this project that the school was doing. Uh-huh. And we were trying, we got them to rent a steamroller, you know, those big steamrollers that mm-hmm, do mm-hmm, the roads. Mm-hmm. So they were like, okay, we're going to get a steamroller coming. So here's these different wooden panels that you could do. And I got the biggest one. It was almost as big as me. Mm-hmm. And it was me and maybe one other student. And she's from Antigua. Mm-hmm. And we took on the challenge to carve this whole big block in less than 24 hours to ink it up, to have a steamroller drive over it in, in the middle of the road. And it was like the coolest thing ever. And then it, it so the steam, so, so the, the block of wood would be at the bottom? Yeah. And, and then the block the, of wood would be at the bottom. The paper would be at the top. top and, and then, then the we put, steam no, 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 you cover it, you put blankets on it so the steamroller doesn't tear the paper. Oh, that's a good point. And then we had it drive over. I wanted to drive the steamroller, but due to insurance purposes, Pro- uh, popular, problems yeah, the school refused to let me to drive it you can't drink, you can't drink which you know I think you need a special license for heavy equipment no you don't because the teacher they let the teacher drive it but you uh, liability so much that you probably have too much fun and then run on the road with the steamroller maybe do you realize maybe you have a problem no, no they no. have a problem with my problem there you go that's how you think about ad that's exactly what it so okay last question I'm <clears> probably <throat> wrapping up um why, what what stops us from from having artists in sync is full time, one hundred percent. We do have we do have full time artists in sync. Mm. Um, there's Va- Anselin Vaughn. Ant- Van Anselin. Van Anselin, who, does, who is amazing. 
I love his murals. He did the mural down at the playing field on Virtuals. Yes, he did. And I took my students down and they sat and they watched him for a few minutes and they were so fascinated by it. He is awesome. Von Anselin is the truth. And then you have Sasha, the Mm -hmm. artist. Sasha, the artist. Mm -hmm. No, I was teaching at Bastard High School when she was doing art. So that was cool to watch her develop from that to, to, to what she's doing yeah, now. To a professional artist. Um, you have Dale Kelly. Dale Kelly. She owns a whole gallery. You have um, Carla Astafan. Who does part Pottery. And uh, all of these things fall under the same umbrella because yeah. art is crafting, is mm-hmm. art. You got Pierre Leibard. Yeah, He's a painter. And we have... Um, Dennis Richards. Dennis Richards. We Again, have, yeah. We have right. all these artists locally, and they're all showing and in their work somewhere, somehow. The problem is we don't have a space. Oh. So, you know, there's the National Museum. They have the... They had an exhibition last year that I took part in. Mm-hmm. And that was cool, you know. But it's a limited space for... We have, like, tons of work. Mm-hmm. And Dale has a small gallery. Yes, yeah, she does. It's very small. And then you had the Cameron Spencer Gallery mm-hmm. on the top of Independence Square. No, but she only shows her work. Her work, yeah. And um, the other person that is two artists. Uh, is Kate Spencer? No. Kate, yeah, Kate Spencer. And, um, and Rosie Cameron? I'm Rosie Cameron. Mm-hmm. That's Cameron Spencer. Just those people show their work there. I was given the opportunity to show my work in the upstairs part when I came back one Christmas I had an exhibition there so that's there mm. but where else can you go that's and see art we don't have a space for it mm. and the fact that now we have more people showing interest in it mm-hmm. because of people like Sasha yeah of course because mm-hmm. you know this paint and sip oh my god look at what I can create at the end of an hour or two hours exactly yeah you know you commercialize you commercialize the you art. commercialize the art so you have more people gravitating to it mm-hmm. and we know having the kids showing the kids well you can't doing art you don't just end up being an artist mm-hmm. you could be a graphic designer you could yeah. be a fashion designer you could be an actress actor mm-hmm. you could work in communication you could do all these amazing things because mm-hmm. it all comes back to art yeah it does because artists were the ones that told the history of our people mm-hmm. and we tend to forget that artists were the first historians mm-hmm. artists it's true it's true artists were the ones that push for change because if there was an issue in the community or the place the artist would paint it Mm -hmm. and their painting would tell the story the strife of the people so when you look back on the renaissance art Mm -hmm. that's what it was it's it's a lot of comment and then you have the romanticism art you have the different um, postmodernism modernism modernism, and you just avant-garde and it just kept growing and it was there's one strife and then it evolved into a next strife and this and it just keeps evolving. Mm-hmm. Art evolves and it's very subjective, which mm-hmm. is the problem. Mm-hmm. And it's always, you know, the person with the power tells the story. Yeah, yeah. Controls the narrative. Mm-hmm. And it's not the artist that controls the narrative mm-hmm. because the artist is just a handful of maybe 10, 20 people. Mm-hmm. And you have this huge population that really doesn't care. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's really sad. We have to force them to care. It is on us to educate them. But how can you educate without materials? And exposure, yeah. Without resources. And it's art is one of the most expensive fields you could get into. I only learned that. 
recently. Yeah, so like I could get a thousand dollars, and in that thousand dollars, I could buy you maybe five, six things for my class because I have to buy in bulk, mm-hmm. and we don't sell half of the things here. Yeah, so you have to import everything. I have to import inks, and then they're considered hazardous materials. So KDP can charge you an extra $95 for what? a little jar that maybe cost you $20, something like that. So Wait, you, wait, what What ink is a hazardous material? Yeah, it's depending on, you know, what, what it's made, what kind of ink it is, you know. But a, you first aid, a first aid kit is considered a hazardous material. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, neither did I until like two days ago. That is, <laughs> but what, wait, so is it is it that we need to reform something? Is it we do? Uh, we need to get a space. The same way theater arts needs a space, the same way dance needs a space. We need a space for the arts, mm-hmm. hands on. Art is what makes a civilization. Mm-hmm. The Greeks understood this. They did, That's yeah. why they were the civilization to be. Yeah. From the arts, they were interested in music, mm-hmm. literature, Sculpting. drama, you know? Everything. Everything. And... It, it made the culture rich. Yeah. Yeah. This is how you get people to think. Um, art is about solving problems. Mm-hmm. The way I solve a problem is not going to be the same way the regular person solves a problem. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to look at it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. My job as an artist is to solve problems you didn't know you have. Mm-hmm. In a way, you're never going to understand. So, like, when you said you saw the dots on the on white the thing. Book, yeah, and it, you thought it was lazy, I saw an airplane in the distance. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at it from the different perspectives. And that's what art forces you to do. It forces you to think outside of your little bubble. Mm-hmm. Because when CXC gives you a theme, um, the old house or on the edge, when you think of on the edge, what do you think of? Um, I think of a cliff. I think of... Actually, the first thought was um, seeing the world and seeing the ozone, like the ozone layer, and seeing the difference between the ozone, the, the, the atmosphere, and, okay. the, and space. So I'm going to tell you, 80% of the people listening to us mm-hmm. thought this, the, the thing you said about the edge of a cliff. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't my first thought. That was just yeah, the but that wasn't conventional your first, thought. Yeah. The conventional thought is the edge of a cliff. The edge of a cliff. Mm-hmm. And then you went to the ozone level. And the edge for me is like somebody completely freaking out because they have finals and they haven't <gasps> studied. Uh-huh. And you have like 12 hours to complete something. I'm going to be on the edge. So it could be and communicate emotionally, all of that. Uh-huh. emotionally and trying to communicate that through image without yes. words. So that's what we try to do. Mm-hmm. You give. So imagine the entire Caribbean has the exact same topic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And say I have these 25 kids in my class. Uh-huh. I give them that one topic. Every single one is going to come up with a different um, image or idea for that, for, theme. for that one theme. And that's what artists do. You could give us all the same thing and it's going to look different. completely different because we all think differently. differently. And it's amazing. And even just the way we draw things is going to be different. And I am so glad for people like Sasha that commercialize art and um, Vaughn. Mm-hmm. that commercialized art because it's making people 
aware aware of what the skill level we have here mm-hmm. and it blows my mind actually it mine too i just don't have the people skills <laughs> what do you mean of course you have to do it i i'm as much as i'm outgoing uh-huh. it's really draining to be in a in a in a, a in social a environment social for environment too long. for too long i could identify with that i'm also an omni that what i call that i I'm not not an uh, introvert omnivert yeah like i could take a certain amount an extrovert of so- that's actually an introvert yes yeah. you actually you actually like to be alone uh, yeah but you don't you don't mind sometimes being yeah. around people yeah. like you could and navigate it's, it's, a social it's, it's setting just, like I can navigate a social setting easily but it's tasking at the end of the day yeah you get tired and you don't necessarily want to isolate yourself as an artist so exactly you're torn between I should really go out and communicate with other people and I should really stay here and paint. I really should stay here and paint. <laughs> and uh, I don't like people. But uh, uh, this place like, is difficult. I put myself in quarantine for two weeks and I painted about 20 paintings. Wow. In two weeks? Mm-hmm. That's more, that's what, one and a half paintings a day? That is, that is crazy. I just had pizza delivered to my apartment, and, and that was just, the mo- that was the most human contact I had was the pizza delivery guy. And you just locked in. This was this mm-hmm. wasn't here. This wasn't here. No, I was. I had just graduated from university. I was in that. What do I do now? Because I got you got so comfortable in that five years, where someone is giving you assignments Mm-mm-mm-mm. or they're giving you. I know when, you have to be like. And ambitious. when 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 you when you when I say giving you assignments. Okay, at the end of the semester, I need this, maybe 20 paintings or 12 paintings, mm-hmm. and they're completely up to you. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And I go from that to, I don't have anybody telling me what to do. Yeah, it's like, it's, that's, that's a big transition. It's a big transition. You do this, this to, what am I going to do now? Yeah. I need to do something, but I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do. I have to be like self-directed now. Mm-hmm. Do we do enough like commentary, like, like pieces on commentary, like social commentary as painters, is it? Um, because you, know, you said something. You said not not to cut, but you said something that was really inspiring. You said like the artists, artists tell, the tell the history and the struggle of the people of the people. Yeah, is it that because we're social media? Is it that we don't I think, need to? Or? I don't think is that we don't need to. I think is due to social media. Everyone's considered an artist now because you're taking a picture. Mm. And your your photo is telling the strife of the people, and because now where it would have been done in a painting, it's now being done through photography. Photography. Photography has now taken the role of painting as storytelling medium, and even film. Mm. So, what painters have now gone back to is painting for aesthetic purposes and oh, okay. luxury. But there's still people that paint the strife of others i remember when i was in school there was this young lady that her paintings were about female mutilation my eyes raised <laughs> she she painted female hum- okay uh, why did my mind go straight to a vagina being because it was okay yeah I'm already uncomfortable, but I think that's the point. But that's the point of art. Art is supposed to make you uncomfortable. Mm. It's supposed to force a reaction out of you. 
her story, she was trying to bring awareness for female mutilation that was happening to young girls in India, Africa, and those countries. Mm -hmm. Another one was doing um, work that related to bride burning in India. So, like, if you got married to you to a wife, mm -hmm. right, and you, the, the wife family pay a, a good amount of money, of the but then you ain't really, but you ain't really like your wife, mm -hmm. so you burn the house with her in it, so she dies, so you can marry a new wife. That was happened. That's that's something that happens, and she that is wanted terrible. Yeah, you said yeah like as if like ah, you know Stephen, come on. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's terrible, but sh this is she's bringing awareness to mm. to a real thing, a real thing, you know. And then you have the one that did um photos of strippers at the strip club. You know. Okay. And it was about the general conditions that these girls were working, we're working under. under. Yeah, yeah strip clubs is all fancy and glamour. But on the when outside. you on the outside, but when you get down to these it's girls are actually trying to pay for college, yeah. they're trying to raise their kids. They're not here to love it. They're just here to Yeah, well, some of them do, mm. but you know. Some of them are there just to pay bills. Yeah, to pay bills. Yo, they had a couple of girls that were strippers in my class. And you would see them like not saying that went, uh -huh. but you can. You, you, it's legal, I think. You could go to. You know, it's like, what's up? You look familiar. You were dancing go go last night. That's what you were doing. I actually told the girl that. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna tell you know the thing is, I'll tell you. I'll share. I'll share something with you. I am worried that because of the pace of our documenting the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like nothing really stays around. Like we we consume digital media like like we drink water to me. I doubt people drink water, but carry on. I doubt it too. You know what? I'll say like we eat chips. Yeah. Right? Um and, and I said that because it's usually in and out. Mm -hmm. the, the, the the media is so quick that it's mm -hmm. like today we have a story about Donald Trump, we see pictures of Donald Trump, tomorrow we see pictures of somebody getting killed. The next day, somebody else doing some nonsense. Somebody it's an stealing overload. Money. It's a sensory overload. It's sensory overload. And it's every single day. So the digital, sh the shots that we take, they might be relevant for all of 20 minutes to two hours. And it's on to the next thing. I mean, God forbid it lasts two weeks, which is usually a new cycle. A new cycle now is about... And I'll tell you what I heard from a comedian talking to another... You know Trevor Noah? Yeah, no. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, no. Have you ever heard of a comedian called Eddie Izzard? Eddie Izzard, yes. Okay. Uh -huh. So Eddie and Trevor had a recent interview. Uh -huh. And Trevor was like, how do you keep your work relevant over, over the change of the... Period, you know, because mm -hmm. you know, is um, stand up. You you could date you when you do certain things. You, you date, date your work. Your work, yes. You it's like you keep it as a um, vague as possible. as possible. You don't be specific. Don't be, be too specific. Don't be too specific. And that's how you keep things relevant. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the role of an artist in such a sensory overload in, with social media, mm -hmm. you create something that's going to cause them to stop. Mm -hmm. And pause for a while. And you go, hmm. You, you get that extra five minute mm -hmm. glance. Yeah. Glance. And it's so interesting that they save it and they come back to it later. Or they that, share it. Or they share it. That's your job now. Because mm. you're now working. Um, you're working against 
a hundred thousand distractions. And that's what I'm saying is like, and what I was trying to get to is simple. I think by putting things on paper, on canvas, or on whatever mm-hmm. medium, whatever tangible medium, mm-hmm. if technology fails to keep it relevant, the very fact that it's tangible mm-hmm. means that someone else could find relevance in it. Yeah. Easy because digging through the hundreds of billions of pictures, you will never, you could go to Google today and type in sexy woman. And tomorrow you type in the same exact thing. And it's not, and gonna, it's be not gonna be the, the same, same first page. You understand? Like, and it's it's not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing because that is what we have. Yeah. It's just a lot of information very mm-hmm. quickly, and everybody mm-hmm. could contribute to the system. Everyone. But, but when it comes to the art of like art freezing of art lives forever. It does, but it lives forever. And I think mm-hmm. one part of it. No, that, no, 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 no. Uh-huh. Art. At least forever. Forever. Again. You want me to tell you why? Right. What year did Leonardo um, da Vinci died? I have no clue. There we go. Do you know the Mona Lisa? Yes, I know the Mona Lisa. Okay, there you go. That's one of the most, that's the most famous painting one right. in the world. That's, right? that's, that's my like, point. That's like, come on, it's just like Watch a Did icon. you know the Mona Lisa is maybe 10 by 8 inches? Inches, yes. It is tiny. It is tiny. They lied to us for years. <laughs> I felt like this thing was at least, at least that size. That's a 24 by 36. I thought it was at least 24 by 36. No. 10 by 8. You legit, and you can't even get close to it. Like, they have this, what, this, this 8 foot barrier? Mm-hmm. So you're literally there like, I could, I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. Really. It looks, that looks, that looks like it. I can show you a carving um, done by Albert Durr, which is called a Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Mm, I've heard of it. Is that a, that's a carving? Yeah. He it's, didn't. It's very, very deep. I saw it in person, and I was. You see how close this mic is to me? Yeah. It's so close I was to it. And the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, apocalypse. and it's probably the size of the mic. <laughs> what? Well, the height of the mic, and maybe. So that's about what? That's about eight by, eight, ten. Eight by <laughs> 10 inches again? Yeah. And it's a carving. Yeah, and he was carving on like cherry wood or something like that. It was carved out of a block of wood. And those fine lines that he was carving for a white line. So when you see a black line, he carved out the size of that. That is crazy. So, and it goes back. And these things last for thousands, yes, thousands hundreds of years. Of years, years like the cave drawings... There's a past. In Africa. You know, that's what it is. Art, art will live on beyond technology. Yeah. Because nobody cares that the Mona Lisa wasn't digital. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter. The, the resonance, the, the, the social resonance is still there. Like, yeah. even, with, even with our own people. The Carabrock Giants. The Carabrock Giants are still there. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, of course, we paint them in. Yeah, over time you got it's called restoration. We restore them, yes, and keep them up. But at the end of the day, their their social and cultural relevance is still still there. Yeah, the 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 cave paintings, the paintings of cavemen with the the, the, the little stampeding things. So yeah, it's still there. It's still there because art is survives. It survives. survives. It survives, and um, even. The whole tale of, you know, the Titanic and they found the drawing of the woman in the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Art survives. 
But here's a cool here's a cool thing. Did they really find it? I don't, don't it. Did. I don't think so. Salt, it would have deteriorate. it would have deteriorate. Paper, it would have deteriorated. Uh, that's, um, that's not true. They lied. <laughs> <laughs> it would have it wouldn't have lasted that long. Not so long. Not even um, close. so a photograph. Mm-hmm. When you actually if you print it on archival paper and it's stored correctly, mm-hmm. a colored photograph lasts about a hundred years. Wow, that is crazy. A uh, black and white. 200 I love love this this is photography once it's once Once it's it's properly once it's properly stored Mm -hmm. and it's printed on archival paper it could last hundreds of years so I always tell people you know I'm immortal I'm never gonna die because you're you're, I'm an artist my artwork is gonna live live on. on and I have at least four paintings of myself so you did that specifically for your narcissistic need to survive forever? Yes, because there are, three of them are paintings of me as gods. One as Zeus, one as Hades, and one as Poseidon. And then one in a kind of Bob Marley-ish style. And you did this for your own selfish purposes? I did this for class. Oh, okay. Or you did this for, for posterity? Why not? What? You did it because it was your moral right yes, to do it. Yes, it was. To show how awesome I am. God damn. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. We've been talking about art, and I really appreciate your experience in the arts. And even, I mean, for inspiring us to understand how important art is for mm-hmm. culture. Because I, I don't think, I really cite as being the medium by which we express certain moments in time, yeah. not just an expression of how we feel, but an expression of what was actually happening. Oh, yeah, and story. I forgot. Um, there's going to be an exhibition in Nevis for Culturama. Oh, they will. Right. Yeah, there um, was one last year, and they're right. doing it again this year, so people should go. When you go over to Nevis for Culturama, go check out the National Gallery, I think it's called, the mm-hmm. Charleston Gallery, Art Gallery. Art Gallery, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's where it's close to, it's close to Sepak, Simpak? I have no idea where it's ne- Nipak, Nipak. I think it's like right down the street. So the last time I was in Nevis. You can't remember? Dot, dot, dot. Okay, there we go. Sunshines. Oh, there we go. Killer bees. Um, that's, that's all you had to say. Just killer bees. Mm-hmm. That's those two words and we understand that you remember mm-hmm. nothing. I remember just... Faint. Didn't get very far. Faint, 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 faint. <laughs> All right, let's go. So the last thing we're gonna do, we're gonna uh-huh. do our, th- our, we're gonna do three incorrect statements. Mm-hmm. Both of us has to contribute to this, mm-hmm. and we have to say three things that we are absolutely sure are incorrect. Okay. Um, you wanna go first because you had a lot of time to think about this. <coughs> <coughs> so, Ooh. I'm when, absolutely sure uh-huh. that that Christopher Columbus, they, how they say he discovered the Caribbean and sank it. I'm absolutely sure he never came here. I, I'm, I'm absolutely sure he never came. That's incorrect. I, I, I think it's incorrect. Then again, do we really know? Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I have never painted anything in my life. I doubt that. That is incorrect, definitely. It, it never looked good, but it pays a lot. <laughs> I used to actually make cartoons just like you. Mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. one character who was a cat that used to have a smoke in his mouth all the time. It was weird. Ah, uh, it's weird. It's weird. I see. Yes, I can. Um, I have never slept in the desert. You slept in the desert? Yeah. Sound like interesting. What you were going for Waterberg and you just didn't make it? No, I went camping. I've been camping. Oh, you've been outside in the great outdoors? 
Yeah, in New Mexico. In New Mexico, yeah. In the desert in New Mexico. Is it like super cold in the night and in the day? Yep. Like, like blazing. 120 degrees. Oh, I can't. I can't do that. I think. Oh, I know someone who has sold a painting for $20 million. Personally. Really? I don't. Oh. I, I, I don't know that person. Because I was like, person. I don't think I sold that yet. Uh, you haven't. <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> last one for you. Last one. Up. I have actually seen um, Frida Kahlo's work up close. Is that the lady that does the single bro thing? She no. had a single bro, yeah. Yeah, she she sold portraits for the single bro. Uh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she's... Yeah, she, yeah, she, it's called she's Unibro. Unibro. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. the single, the single thing. Yeah. yeah, I know her. Yeah, she's I love her too. She's my favorite. She's a favorite uh, painter. Uh huh. Really? Mexican painter. Yeah. She her first show in Mexico. You know like I do love. Vaginas? It's flowers, not vaginas. vaginas. They're flowers. She said they're flowers. They're flowery vaginas. They're flowers. They're flowers. Okay, so they're flowers. But, <laughs> we could call them as much things but as we want. <laughs> Frida is my favorite Why? female artist. Why? Because she was always herself. And she said she didn't paint um, fantasy. She painted... Reality? You know, reality commentary. Like the woman that was stabbed 21 times. She painted that by her husband. It's a little dark. It is, but she painted her truth. Mm-hmm, you know, she mm-hmm. painted her miscarriages. She painted her two self portrait, double self portrait of herself, mm-hmm. where she cut out her own heart in the mm-hmm. pen. Yeah, it was really cool, and she didn't have an exhibition in her own country until like when she was on her deathbed. Yeah, like she wasn't. She was never. Yeah. She was never recognized. She was never recognized as an artist in her own right. She was always recognized as the wife of renowned uh, mural painter Diego Rivera. Oh no! And she married him twice. So they got divorced and then got remarried. Or? Mm-hmm. In the span of a year, they were married for a couple of years, divorced for a year, and then got remarried the following year. Oh, I guess. Yeah, they used to share women between them. Yeah. They what? Mm-hmm. So he used to sleep with his models, women. Uh huh. And that was one of the reasons they got divorced because he slept with her sister. And Ooh. yeah. <laughs> And then she used to sleep with women also. That wow. is... That is... It was, it was interesting. That is fascinating And stuff. they were both communists. This gets better every time. Yeah. There needs to be a movie. There's a movie. There's a movie about her? Yeah, Frida. Selma Hayek plays her. She got a unibrow? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. I have to look that up. Yo, yo, you need to see that movie. There's like the scene with a rod in a bus and go leaf and it was amazing and a, a bird. That's all I'm going to say. No spoilers. Okay. Um, we, have to, we, have to, we have to look into that. Um, my last one. Um, I think that photography could take the place of art. False. Yeah, I don't actually feel that way. Actually, it could take pictures of art. <laughs> I think I think photography is an art. We're just it is photography take, is an art. I don't think you could take the place. Of it is painting. The, it is the newer cousin of painting. It is, and you know what? And and that's what I was trying to say. Even during this 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 talk, it's like I think 
if you respect the painting, the painted art enough, like modern art, not just modern art, but all categories, you're going to get a better understanding of how to even compose your own work as a photographer. Rule of thirds, people. And Learn it. it. Look it up. Your Instagram pictures would look a hundred times better if you apply rule of thirds. It is. And even to understand when to break these rules because some painters have broken these rules with I, great effect. I, I do that. All the, I do it all the time. I, with my, some of my photography, I, yeah. sometimes I post things right in the middle. Actually, my, my, my paintings are from photographs. I go out and take photo, photographs and stage my scenes, photograph them and go back and paint them. Mm. A lot of painting, painters do that. I went to one of Dale's um, exhibitions Mm-hmm. And the lady that she was featuring at that time, she says that's what she does. I mean, of course, she adds her own. She added her own surrealistic flair to it. Mm-hmm. Of course, you, if the you, background is to distract you, always you always have. Um, we use references. Mm. Artists from days gone by, mm. you know, Renaissance. They use references back then. They didn't have photo, fo- fo- um, photographs. photographs to look at. You would have the person sitting there for six hours. Yeah. Or you would go out and paint what you yeah, sign in plain the field. Yeah, which is Impressionism, mm-hmm. where they go outside and paint and stuff like that. Um, but staging a scene, it was actually Edgar Degas that started that whole idea of staging your scene that you want to paint. He was around the time when they had the Impressionism, where they go outside and paint and paint landscapes. Mm-hmm. He was doing the same thing, but indoors with people. Okay. So he was the guy that painted the ballerinas in the dance mm-hmm. class and... But he did it in an impressionistic style, so it was lots uh, of textures. Yes and, and not no, very much he didn't. It, it varied. Um, the colors he used was more muted. Well, they were brighter colors, and but he staged his scenes. Okay. So he did a uh, the absent drinker, which is one of my favorite pieces by him, where there's a lady sitting at a table, and she looks really melancholy, and there's a glass of absinthe. Right and then the there's a guy that's slumped over somewhere and there's a newspaper and the newspaper has his signature. That's where he signed it. Oh, that's and it was really cool. And it's this perspective. But it was done in the time when people were painting outside. Mm. He was doing the same thing. Inside. But inside and he was painting the people. Mm. But he was staging these scenes. And he is known as the father of Impressionism. I have to look him up. Yeah. I have right. lots of books on him. Because you're a painter. And Frida. And Frida. Your your love. <laughs> All right. Guys, I mean, thank you so much. Let's go once again. Um, guys, we've been listening to Objectively Incorrect as usual. Um, I'm going to say it, but uh, peace. Uh, no gang sex. Thank you, guys. <laughs>